Welcome to That Tech Pod, where we discuss all things e-discovery, data privacy, cybersecurity, and tech innovations. I'm Gabby Schulte, and I know next to nothing about technology. And I'm Laura Milstein, and I know at least a little more about technology. That's why each week we're talking to heavy hitters in the industry to help us break down these topics. And this week, Laura, who do we have on today? Today we're talking to Ian Campbell. Ian is the President and Chief Executive Officer of iConnect. From startup, iConnect was the first platform in e-discovery to allow companies to web-enable their document review, and 20 years later it is tasked with managing document research in some of the world's largest, most complex legal cases, some of which we'll talk about today. Ian has spoken on over 100 industry panels and is regarded as a product pioneer in this industry. Ian, thanks for joining us today. It's a pleasure to be here. So Ian, before we get into all the tech, uh, we're detecting a little bit of an accent there. Would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself personally, and then a little bit about how you got into the industry? Sure, absolutely. Um, so I was actually born in Glasgow, Scotland. So if you'd like, I could actually talk about this for the entire interview today. But That's, that's preferred, actually. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> Everyone's going to think that they're watching uh, watching Braveheart. But uh, no, I, I was born in Scotland. Uh, my, uh, my parents emigrated to Canada. So I actually, uh, right now, I'm living just outside Toronto. Uh, so uh, north of the 49th parallel. And um, uh, and, uh, and and certainly we, we keep ourselves busy uh, north of the border as much as you guys do. We're, we're kind of... Uh, we're dead set between Buffalo and Detroit, so we get um, we're, uh, oh, yeah. we're either we're either Bills fans or Lions fans, depending <laughs> depending, depending on who you talk to. But um, you know, certainly as far as getting involved in the industry, um, you know, I, I I was originally in in advertising and design. I was uh, an ergonomics major in school, uh, which was really all inter, in and around um, interaction, human interaction with product, and. Um, so as I got involved more on the technology side, I guess it would have been kind of mid-90s or so, um, I ended up uh, working with a company out of California at the time. They were called Concordance. And um, and we ended up uh, creating a web front end for that platform. It was right at the dawn of the internet, around 99. And um, we had a client who literally came to us and said, we've got all these documents. We've got a million documents. We need people to get to them from 18 different locations across the country. How do we do that? And we kind of went, I don't know, but leave it with us. And and um, at the time, we were doing uh, networks for law firms. We were installing printers and running cable and helping them, uh, you know, buy modems. And um, uh, but, but we took on this project of, uh, of really developing a web front end for a platform that was already um, – that was already uh, already in place, and um, so we uh, we continued down that path. Uh, we 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 launched in January at Legal Tech of 2000. Uh, you may recall uh, that in 1999 on December 31st, the world was going to end. So it was probably uh, probably a bad time to start a software company, but we did anyway. And um, yeah, we we launched at Legal Tech at the end of January 2000. Sold our first piece of product uh, in March of 2000, and haven't looked back. And um, so yeah, it's been wow. an interesting ride since. That. Ian, there's there's definitely been a lot of changes since since you started to to where you guys are now. Even with you know now that you guys have Sentio integrated and now you're doing a lot with video footage. So Gabby, I don't know if you know this, but in iConnect, the platform has this ability where you can upload video images and you can actually pause them at certain points and say, "Hey, I want to see this," and I can send it to you and say, "Hey, watch this clip." which is pretty mm, awesome, okay. especially when you're doing an investigation or trying to find things out, which is a little yeah. unique. Um, so when did those developments happen? And and I, I believe you guys work with Panasonic. Is, is that right? 
Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. It was different back in the day. I mean, if you and I were suing each other, Laura or, or Gabby, it was uh, it was I had a box of paper and you had a box of paper. And now, uh, and that kind of migrated to I've got a box of hard drives and backup tapes. And now it's uh, I've got a bunch of usernames and passwords to cloud data because a lot of your data wow. isn't sitting on a hard drive and it's certainly not sitting in a box or it's some kind of combination. So <clears throat> we've uh, we've continually had to evolve the way we consume data into the platform. What we do with the, with iConnect, if you think about it in a legal case, when you gather all the evidence together, we effectively build a big dictionary of every word and every document. And then we let you go into it and say, hey, I want to find all the emails between Laura and Ian that contain the word bank deposit. And we can go through millions, if not billions of documents in seconds and go, hey, here's the 14 documents you're looking for. So that's what we do. I mean, in the old days, you put 20 people in a room and you said, here, go read all these documents. Now what we do is we call indexing or, or effectively building that big dictionary and allow everybody to go look at it. Um, of course, that's continued to change. It's, con- it's changed into social media. So now now a lot of the, the conversations, Laura, that you and I have are we're going back and forth on, on, on Teams or we're going back and forth on we're having Zoom calls or we're maybe chatting on Facebook Messenger. And, uh, and that's the new reality. And then beyond that, of course, because of the mobile has become so uh, prevalent in our society, a lot of the good information is now sitting on a mobile device. It's a picture. It's a video. It's chatter back and forth. Might even be email. And um, so that kind of morphed. Um, you are correct. We started working with a body camera manufacturer and, um, and they said, wait a minute, if you, can, if you can give us a big dictionary of every word and every document, instead of storing documents, could we store video? And we could we then go and watch the video and make a comment on the video and share the video as if it were a piece of evidence. That's exactly what we've done. So we're now managing not only uh, documents, email, but we're now also managing video files, audio files. And one use case of that recently was with the University of Virginia, uh, with all the protesting that happened in the fall of two, uh, 2020. Um, uh, one of the flashpoints was the University of Richmond, Virginia, where they have a statue of General Robert E. Lee from the Civil War. And that, um, that, that became, as I mentioned, a flashpoint for a lot of protests. Uh, and, and there were good people and, and, and bad people in, involved in that. And um, uh, the university had hundreds and hundreds of hours of video footage from CCTV cameras and through a FOIA request with, uh, for the police body camera uh, uh, video. And um, so they have a project right now, which was actually a pro bono project with us where we effectively gave them free licensing to go in and watch all the video pause the video if they saw an incident, make a comment on it, and ultimately determine which of the uh, actions should be prosecuted or not prosecuted, depending on the action. So it's, um, it's a, a real-world use case of, um, uh, of what we've gone and developed in the video world uh, being used, hopefully, for the greater good. And, um, but as I said, to your, to your point, Laura, it's absolutely gone from the old days of paper um, <laughs> to, uh, to the new days of, uh, of, of everything being on a mobile device. And it's a, it's a different world, but ultimately, the goal is still the same. Get through potentially millions, if not billions, of pieces of information, find the good stuff, and build a story. Yeah, I can't even fathom what it would be like uh, back in the old days having to kind of sift through all of that information. So that's really yeah. amazing. Well, keeping, um, yeah, but, but keeping in mind that the old days is like 2005. 
Can, right, can we right. visualize it's, that it's right not now? The, it's not that long ago. Yeah. The three of us just shifting with just paper, <laughs> just sifting through pieces of paper. I think I found something. No. Yeah. 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 Well, um, I, I'm so this is part of the 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 show where we kind of would like to take a step back for people who may not really know too much about e-discovery yeah. or uh, some of the other tech that we're talking about. So, and, and who might be interested in it too and in learning sure. more. So could you kind of break down exactly what that is? And you kind of already started to explain it, um, but just break it down for, for someone who might not even know what that word means. Yeah, well, again, the word e-discovery, um, it sort of comes from the old word discovery because um, uh, it, discovery was uh, in a legal case. There's usually the person who's making the claim uh, called the plaintiff and the person who's defending the claim called the defendant. And, and, and that's um, that plaintiff defendant um, scenario or persona, it still exists today. Uh, you always end up with someone saying, hey, I, I think the concrete that you used in that bridge construction was bad concrete and therefore the bridge fell apart. And the construction contractor who goes, no, it was all fine. It was because you know, more trucks were going over it than you told us were originally going to go over it. Therefore, I think you're wrong. And you end up with a fight. And so the original back in the day, um, for, and now we're talking back in the day, probably back to the, the early days of paper, um, mm. in, in any kind of a legal case, it was, a well, what evidence do you have to prove your claim and what evidence do you have to prove your claim? And, um, and they would exchange information. They'd go, well, here, here's my proof and, well, here's my proof. And ultimately, either it would be settled out of court or settled in court. So fast forward to today. And what we with this first hit, I'm going to say around 2002, when people were like, "Hey, all my good stuff's in my email," and the email mm -hmm. is an electronic format, e-discovery, which is where the name e-discovery comes from, electronic discovery. Right. And what what now happened? We did the Enron case in uh, I think it was about 2003. Uh, that was 53 million pages of email, 53 million, and. Um, it was probably one of the first high volume cases that were done. Um, the, we, we were involved on the plaintiff side. So this was all mm. the people suing Enron. And wow. um, yeah. so this guy was suing them because of price fixing. And this guy was suing them because of uh, uh, um, infrastructure damage. And this guy was suing him because of you know, contract, um, contract uh, invalid contracts. So um, there was a lot of people suing Enron for a lot of different reasons. So there was about 300 different law firms involved all suing Enron. So they were all plaintiffs. And each of them had different reasons to be suing Enron. Therefore, each of them were building their own case. So we set up an archive that contained 53 million pages of, of email. And law firm A went in and did searches for sort of their flavor of why they were suing Enron. And law firm B went in and did the same thing. Back in the day, um, each of those law firms would have received uh, skids upon skids upon truckloads of paper and say, well, here's the 53 million, you figure out your case. And here's your 53 million, you figure out your case. So I'd like to think actually what we've done is saved a lot of trees. And, um, <laughs> but, um, but it has gone from that. I mean, it's, it, um, as I mentioned it, it's gone from email and just grown exponentially. Uh, people moving now from email and outlook to email and office 365 and SharePoint 
and Box and Dropbox and Google Cloud and, um, uh, you know, backing up your phone into the cloud. I mean, so now there's so much of it has migrated toward that sort of harvesting data off the cloud. But the concept is still different. I mean, most of what we do now is e-discovery, not discovery, even though you're doing discovery with the e-discovery, uh, because you're trying right. to mm-hmm. you're trying to discover the nuggets of information, the timelines, the facts, uh, so that again you can build your side of the story to ultimately convince either the other side that they should settle, or to convince a judge that you're right and you should get a damage claim. So, so Ian, with everything going on right now, with having the platform and, and artificial intelligence and the changes in in technology and the world, are there any challenges that, that you've noticed that you guys are specifically having to face? And, and to, to further that question, you know, now the industry has grown from when it was paper to now you have all of these platforms to we only offer on-prem to we're only in the cloud or, you know, all these different variations. Yeah. How do you handle those types? of challenges. Well, I, I think I think technology has really helped, and um, I'm going to go all the way back to. Uh, so we use a platform called Sentio, and um, it's an artificial intelligent platform. So imagine, as I said before, you did a you did a search or you did an index, which is that build a big dictionary of every word in every document. So I can do searching. Go find the name Ian. Go find the name Laura. Go find the word bank deposit. Go find the the uh, you know the, the the name the word surgery. Easy things to find. Those are called Boolean searches. They're very binary. Is that word there or is that word not there? But what we found when you get into volumes and volumes of information is people say things different ways. And um, uh, I might send an email to you, Gabriella, that says, um, uh, uh, I put things at the um, in union. But what I actually did was I made a deposit at Union Bank. So if I do a search mm-hmm. for the word bank, I won't find it. If I do search for the word deposit, I won't find it. But um, for, for, for me to say to you, I put, I put, I put, I put money in the account, um, you know what that means. So the right. artificial intelligence helps us with that. So think about mm-hmm. iTunes. When you go into iTunes and you go, hey, uh, you know, I'm listening to Michael Buble, and you go find similar, it's not going to give you Metallica. It's just not, and, and, and that and that's because it. Thankfully, it <laughs> maybe not. And uh, every now and then it does. But um, but but the whole find similar. You go to Amazon. You go to buy something. It's like, hey, maybe you're also interested in these other things. Why? Because right. it's the same color, or it's the same size, or it's the same same type of household good. And if you think of sort of the parameters of things, they're similar. So now take a document. We have a piece of technology now called Oversight, which uh, the, the underlying engine is, is made by a company called Sentio. And Sentio actually uh, is used by MasterCard uh, to identify fraud. So when somebody goes and buys a giraffe with your credit card, Laura, in Johannesburg at 3 a.m., um, there's about five reasons why you'd like to think they're going to say, wait a minute, that's not a, a transaction Laura would do. They're going to go, it's a, it's a $30,000 cost. It's an exotic animal. It's a 3 a.m. purchase, and it's in Johannesburg. That probably wasn't you. Ian, that could be me. That <laughs> sounds be. like something yeah, that I Let's be real, though. That's, that, that's totally uh, uh, like, that Lord's brand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the things you learn on a podcast. The, um, 
But, but, but if you think about it, you'd yeah. like to think that, that an engine, a, a artificial intelligence, would be able to spot that and put a little red X on it. So now take that over to e-discovery. And if I'm going along and I'm going, that's a bank deposit document and that's a bank deposit document. And then I find Yankee season tickets and I haven't had my coffee yet. I'm not paying attention. And I go, oh, that's a bank deposit document. And then I just keep on going. Our system has the ability to literally put a little red X on that document. And at the end of the day, send you an email and go, hey, we found seven documents we put red X's on because we don't think they were done correctly. So that's pretty cool tech. Um, and uh, we have another piece that will allow you, if you think of all the emails we went through to organize today's conversation, imagine, if you will, that only the last email contains all of the other pieces of dialogue. If I read that one email, I don't have to read the other 13. So that's called an inclusive email, another way to sort of minimize the amount of time a reviewer needs to spend reviewing these documents or even searching these documents. So the whole idea of conceptual searching, email threading, finding conversation threads, the ability to um, to spot errors, have a have a, a kind of big brother or have a robot spot errors um, <laughs> in, in, in the background. Again, no one is talking about taking this technology and replacing a lawyer. That is not, that's not the goal here. The the idea is to minimize the hours spent and uh, and and maximize the efficiency and the accuracy of the review so that you can get to that end quicker and I think I think that's the that's what we're really seeing as a, a major difference in the market is the ability to use that artificial intelligence technology to get to an outcome quicker yeah and that's so interesting and that just kind of makes me think about future technology on the horizon so i was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about what you think um what are some exciting trends that you're noticing not only for iConnect that you know you might be you know implementing or but for the uh e-discovery uh industry in general what what do you think we should be paying attention to coming coming ahead well, I, I think volume is going to is going to continue to be a problem. I think um, document retention and document destruction is going to be a challenge for companies. Uh, the ability to um, uh, you know, get into a bit of a routine where if it's important, keep it maybe forever. If it's not important, set up some kind of governance policy within a system and get rid of it um, uh, because you don't need it. Uh, otherwise, the hard drives just keep growing and growing. And at some point, they'll get to the point where they're virtually unsearchable because they're just so much uh, what they call rot, um, you know, the, the uh, uh, information which is really of no value. So um, so I, I think that's one thing that, that companies are, are, are starting to struggle with. But we're also seeing a real push toward privacy. Uh, people have a concern that as their information is electronic, um, and if you look in and around my desk right now, there's a Visa card statement right there. There's a phone bill right there. And both of those contain account numbers, addresses, names, potentially fragments of a Visa card account number. Um, mm. And if somebody came along and hacked a hard drive or, 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 uh, or at some point, um, as happens in the UK, where um, through, uh, through DSAR or um, uh, data subject access request has the ability to ask for themselves to be forgotten within a, within a company environment. Um, finding 
um, everything, uh, all the personal information about an individual is hard to do. And then certainly redacting that information or putting little black boxes on it um, as part of the disclosure. The discovery process is, is again, a complex area. And we've gone and, um, gone and developed some pieces for that. Um, certainly for, for FOIA requests being in the Washington area, you're probably familiar with the Freedom of Information Act. Uh, we have the ability mm-hmm. to um, uh, to uh, to sanitize documents such that private information is blacked out on the documents. Even in the recent transition of power from Trump to Biden, imagine that a lot of documentation at the White House had to move from, from one party to the other, but not all of that should move and people's private phone numbers or, 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 or per, other personal information probably shouldn't move as part of other information that should move. And so I think anytime you've got a situation where information is being disclosed, there's, a, there's an overarching concern of privacy and I think that's going to get bigger. Uh, in the UK, we have GDPR and DSAR. Um, in um, in the US, we've got CCPA. And I think um, that is only going to become more prevalent. And uh, it's going to become a bigger, uh, bigger concern for anybody who's moving, transferring, or sharing data from one party to the other. So it's something that we're looking over the horizon as a potential problem and trying to develop technologies to make sure we can that, that we can manage it. Yeah, that's so interesting. Um, and so before we let you go, uh, we wanted to kind of ask a little bit about you, maybe a fun fact that you want to share with the audience. Um, we learned kind of where you're from, but anything, uh, we kind of had a little bird in our ear tell us that you might be a script writer. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that before we, uh, we head out? Sure. Yeah. I, 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 uh, back in the day, uh, we're talking about back in the day, I, I, I've actually been working from home since, uh, St. Patrick's day, 2020. So March 17th was my uh, last day in the office and I haven't, uh, haven't been back since, although we have some, some people are back. I, 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 I personally haven't been, um, but back in the day, I spent a lot of time in hotels and a lot of time in airports, um, you know, going around the world, evangelizing the iconic platform and talking at, as Laura mentioned on a number of different panels. And, and um, I, 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 uh, a friend of mine is a movie producer, and we had uh, some conversations at one point about the, the kinds of movies that people are interested in. And um, so, interesting enough, I've, I've done some interesting stuff. I, uh, I've <laughs> met with um, the with Pink Floyd is probably a name that, that some of your well, some you of go. your some of your listeners might know. And um, so, I've uh, met with um, with uh, David Gilmore's agent and uh, had conversation with Roger Waters' manager about uh, putting together a, a Dark Side of the Moon movie. It's actually a fully written and we're, we're, we're potentially working oh, wow. with them on that one. And, That's awesome. um, yeah, but uh, you know, also working on uh, on one called Miss Wyoming, which is based on a novel by Douglas Copeland. Um, a third one called uh, When the Saints, which is about a down and out uh, soccer club in Edinburgh, Scotland, in eighteen ninety five. That yeah, that one seems seems up your alley. Yeah, as soon as you said it, I was like, yeah. don't you don't you own a soccer club or you? <laughs> tell us tell us about that. You did something with that, and I'm, yeah. I'm gonna say it wrong, so I'll pass, yeah. I'll pass that to you. Absolutely. The uh, yeah. So so yeah. The soccer has been in my blood for a long time, and um, I do. I own a soccer club at the uh, in uh, in London, Ontario, Canada, and uh, we have twenty four, maybe twenty five teams, uh, men and women, in that. Uh, we were North American champions in two thousand twelve. Um, nice. our, our, our senior men's team was, and so our our league is sort of two levels below MLS. So um, we again, it's a very very competitive level, and um, yeah, we've been running that for a long time. So uh, you know, we've got kids on the national team. 
and and kids who are playing over in Europe. And uh, that's our goal. I mean, uh, nobody's making any money, as they say. If you want to make money, if you want to make a lot, a, a, if you want to make a little bit of money with a soccer team, start with a lot of money. And um, that, that's uh, that, that sort of goes without saying. But the uh, the, the big win for us is when uh, when one of our players, uh, you know, gets a full ride scholarship to UCLA or or uh, ends up getting picked up by by uh, by a team in, in the German Bundesliga. So um, th- th- that's exciting for me uh, on a on a non work front. Um, obviously, uh, passionate about uh, passionate about what we do at iConnect as well. And um, um, you know, we've had a lot of. Um, very interesting projects we've been involved in. I mean, one of the most interesting um, uh, was that uh, back in 2003, we were involved with NASA on the return to flight project. Uh, the, they approached us and said, um, look, the, the Columbia space shuttle came in, all the heat tiles fell off and, and we need to, um, you know, we need to stand up an archive, build a big dictionary of every doc, every word and every document and have all the, uh, all of the um, researchers come in and figure out what happened. And so we, did and uh but the guy on the phone he, he was kind of rough around the edges and big thick texas accent said so let me understand we put all the information in one spot and then we use the internet to go and get to the information we said yes that's exactly, <laughs> that, that's how it works he said, it. and all and all of us <laughs> locked down with passwords so nobody can else get to that yes that's correct and then he asked <laughs> the most bizarre question i've ever heard which was well how does your software manage extraterrestrial access to the data Huh. And, and we all kind of went, yeah, exactly. We went, oh. <laughs> and, uh, and we said, so, so exactly what do you want to do? And he says, well, I got four really smart people up there on the space station who are going to have nothing to do for the next 18 months because I can't get a shuttle up there to get them out, off that tin can. So if you can make them reviewers on this project, that would be really appreciated. So four, so we did. So four of the reviewers wow. on that project, four of the people reviewing the documents were actually astronauts on the space station. So I, 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 <laughs> I'd, I'd like to think beyond saving some trees we've actually been involved in some pretty cool projects my yeah, uh my weird out of this world projects yeah, that's right. yeah i was just gonna say my weird sci-fi brain went into a little bit of a of a more of like a alien direction there <laughs> how do you i thought he was gonna end up being a little bit crazy <laughs> yeah, no no it was uh yeah we, uh, and, and we all did too if it's any consolation so i there you go. Fact, all I, right. I think i think my partner at the time said who's paying for this so it's um yeah so yeah, yeah it was an interesting exactly. conversation well, Ian, this has been an awesome uh, conversation as well. Thank you for sharing, um, you know, some of your experience with iConnect and and in the industry and your knowledge and wisdom. So, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure, and uh, I know at the at the outset you said you were learning about uh, we discovery. Uh, hopefully, this time has uh, helped you learn a little bit more, and, uh, and and you can keep keep your education growing from there. Awesome! Well, awesome. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Thanks, Ian. Great Thanks, to have guys. you on today. Okay, bye-bye. So, Laura, we just talked to Ian Campbell, CEO of iConnect. What were your tech takeaways? iConnect is a great platform. And I have to be honest, I think I was one of those people that used to call it I cannot. And now I am (laughs) 
very much like, why did I ever say that? I connect is the greatest. I think they've changed so much. And I love how much in depth he was able to kind of dive into that. And just to alone, the audio and video capturing a lot of these other platforms say they can do it and they just can't. And I think that's a big problem that people do in tech. They're like, yeah, we can do everything. What do you need? No problem. And then they can kind of do it, but it's not really built to do that. And I think Ian's product, iConnect, really actually can do that. And I think the new concept where they've integrated Sentio in that, that's really awesome. I mean, think about it as like, you know, you have Spotify for documents right built in and can take all this video footage. I mean, no wonder he's sitting there writing movies. He should write a movie <laughs> literally about his platform and how it went from I cannot to I can act. <laughs> I'd watch that movie. Um, no, yeah, I thought the the video audio aspect was really interesting because we've been learning a lot about like um, text based communications. And obviously, as our technologies are advancing, um, we're getting more and more into using the audio feature on like our phones or using video and, and sending it to friends or, or whatever to be used for, um, discovery. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. (laughs) But also just the fact that, you know, with body cam footage and things like that like Mm -hmm. how do you review that investigations are more than just a bunch of paper shuffling through now now there is you know look at this video prove that she didn't do it when we know she did i saw the video and (laughs) iConnect's platform can actually dive in and do that in a real way which is awesome well you know what's awesome laura us us (laughs) so where can people find us where can people find us people can find us on linkedin at that tech pod they can check us out at www.thattechpod.com or they can send us an email at thattechpod at gmail.com let us know who you'd like to see on our show let us know if you'd like to be on our show let us know if there's a topic a product a company anything that you're interested in if you are a sponsor and you are currently looking to sponsor that tech pod please shoot us an email at thattechpod at gmail.com we are considering options but i'm not committed to anyone because we We still do not believe in commitment. That's right. So we are not committed to you at this time, but we are interested and we'd love you to be more interested. So Gabby, tell us how they can show their interest in us. It's a really easy way. It can take at least 60 seconds at most five minutes but that's if you're doing a lot so you can head over to apple Podcasts and uh just give us a five star rating and review and it just helps the algorithm you know within the podcast system uh you know it helps people find us if they're searching for tech pods so it's a really quick and easy way to show your support thank you thank you